1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly.
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Speaker, and more. And the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is also streamed through our partners at Chairshot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and it is my honor to bring in my two co-hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
4: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda?
3: I am doing well, doing very well. And, of course, we are a trio. We cannot do this show without the third member, and that's who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr.
4: That's hey, who. Hey.
3: Hello, gentlemen. How is it going? Oh, yeah,
5: no. Oh, it's it's cooling down up here, which is kind of. I don't know. I you're in the desert, so it probably never gets cool for what? you.
3: No, I mean it will eventually. It has actually been very humid in the place that I live. In particular, uh, we've been getting a lot of rain over the past few weeks, and so now we're getting some humidity on top of the heat, which sucks. So uh, it just doesn't ever end. I'm I'm ready for fall. I'm ready for fall. <laughs> Give me pumpkin spice lattes and, and, you know, uh, leave decorations. Let's just, let's just fast forward to fall, please. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But gentlemen, we got a packed show as always because we cover so much throughout the world of professional wrestling and lucha libre. So we are going to jump right into it with the road back to shows with Brendan.
5: All right. So, uh, well, we're going to go with the, um Mexico City, can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes around it. Um I think that it's orange or light red in reality. I mean, even light red is kind of nonsense too, but hey. Uh, <laughs> uh so far, the, the government has not announced any plans to change any attendances at events. This is kind of the thing that we were talking about off air right before the show. It seems like the big fix everybody is proposing right now to maintain some level of normal is uh just wear your mask. So everybody, just wear your mask. I'm going to going to throw the, the blatant promotion over to lucha-mask.com right now. He said he's not I was going gonna to say, uh, he
3: wasn't going <laughs> to create any more and then this came up.
6: Yeah. So, so,
5: you know, create the demand and we might get more masks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
3: Just when Ruben said he was out of the mask game. <laughs> they drag him right back in.
5: Um however, a mask he may not want to restock Maybe the blue team junior mask. <laughs> that
3: is my transition. <laughs> That's a transition if I do <laughs> Lovely. I dig it. Uh, why, our- Brendan? Why does he not want to <laughs> why would he not want to replenish those masks?
5: Oh well so our big our big entertainment uh slash lucha news this week is Blue Demon has been removed from his own show, which is uh the Blue Demon and Ultraviolet Disney show that we were so excited about. They're still going forward with production. They've now changed it to Black Scorpion and Ultraviolet. Uh and the internet has gone crazy with Ric Flair memes on this because <laughs> those are – old enough to remember <laughs> rick flair teased sting with a gimmick called black scorpion it turned out to be rick flair underneath a mask but wouldn't that be amazing if it actually they followed through on that and it was actually rick flair who
3: well i mean his schedule <laughs> did clear up recently <laughs> I,
4: yeah
5: absolutely
6: Signs are all there
5: <laughs> um there's lots of speculation, but no official reason. Uh, the closest we've got is that, uh, a mutual friend of, of, uh, the show, of the Blue Demon show and Kevin Kleinrock said everybody on set, uh, or in that, that, uh, filming area knew that it was related to Blue Demon being Blue Demon. And my reaction to that is that could mean a million things.
4: Cause, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Absolutely it can. Well,
3: um, can, can you elaborate for those who may not be familiar with Blue Demon? What yeah. would characterize Blue Demon being Blue Demon? Well,
5: I was. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, we'll, we'll start with the big and, and obvious one. The most recent news cycle had uh, abuse charges against his I believe it's his ex
4: now. Yeah, um, yeah, she made allegations on a interview, like a television interview in Mexico City. Yeah, that that he was abusive to her and their children,
6: and, and so that, that's
4: a that's a big one.
5: That that's I mean, you know, that follows with Disney's pattern, their no tolerance pattern of that sort of thing. So. That's the one that most people are speculating on, but as I've, I've mentioned, uh Blue Demon is from the carny days of wrestling, so he also could have been holding out for more money, he could have been a pain uh-huh. in the neck on set, he could just be a bad actor because he's a wrestler, this is not the Blue Demon that was in movies, this is the wrestler that came after, Yeah. so I mean, you know... They're, they're, uh these are just the ones that spring to the top of my head that if there's uh, he's a human so there's potentially even more things that could be going on uh behind the set but those are you know like three of the big ones right there he could just not have been good good actor he could not have been good to be on set with uh obviously the allegations are very serious and that and disney is very serious about that so that's why that's such a high contender but i mean you know um we at the end of the day well, all we know for sure is that he's not on on the show anymore and he's not yeah. running for mayor or for government in Mexico anymore so he seems to be in kind of a public relations um downward spiral at the moment which is why I had that awesome transition about the the mask there <laughs> Um but we did also get some more details on uh on on things that are happening on set and it turns out that uh Wildcat Entertainment and Luke Hawks are doing a lot of the stunt work for the set and then uh, why is this relevant well Luke Hawks who has been recently wrestling in the NWA and on uh, in the indie circuits uh with his son which is always cool they they also are doing the father son tag team act only they're not doing it on raw. so you know mileage will vary whether you think that's better or worse but uh he's uh he he uh is a former xpw and wrestling society x member uh he uh from near as i could tell from what i was digging up he was working with with, uh christopher daniels because he he had a a uh church related yet. Altar Boy Luke, I Yes. It was.
4: Altar Boy Luke.
5: Yeah. Um, but he is the the head stunt coordinator for the show, so we do have a a little bit of a tie in to uh american lucha libre in the show uh i i said in our facebook group that i'm a little dubious about how authentic the lucha is going to be but at least it is a genuine tie-in to american lucha libre traditions. so there is that congratulations to them they apparently are kind of the big deal in wrestling stunts at this point after having done uh after having done, uh, the, the show heals as well. So, uh, again, huge congratulations on that. Um, and then, uh, in my other big news for the, our road back to shows, the crash has made uh, an announcement that they are going to have a co-branded show on, uh, let me, let me get that on, uh, the 11th of September at, uh, Auditorio Fausto Gutierrez. Uh, they, uh, I'm not going to mention who the co-branded show is with at this point, right? Because we might be talking more about that later in the show. Uh, but that they are for sure doing this show in auditorio, Fausto Gutierrez, uh, with, with another company and that company, uh, you know, we will talk about that later in the show. I'm not, I'm not going to say we, we might, we will talk about that later in the show. Um, And then, uh, that's my, my road back to shows. We had, we're, we're starting to get more and more show news popping up. But, uh, I wanted to, to tend to spend a little more time on the Indie Roundup this week. PWG hosted Mystery Vortex 7 in Los Angeles. And they had, uh, seven matches. Uh, just real quick. The first match was Tony Deppin and Jack Cartwheel. The second match. Brody King, who we've talked about on the show being very lucha, had a singles match with JD Drake, uh, he did come out on top on that. Third match, which is where we start really getting into interesting things, Demonic Flamita defeated Iris. Um apparently according to people that were there, the crowd was less sure what to make of this because, uh, they, uh, the state of American fans and lucha libre sometimes not always uh co coinciding. So they weren't really sure who they wanted to root for on this one. They didn't know a lot about uh Aries in particular. Uh they've seen P W G seen a lot of demand I was, gonna, oh, I was gonna say I
3: think Aries has been more in like the Midwest, like in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um wrestling I think for Galley and some yes. other promotions uh out more in like the Midwest. So I could yeah. see why an LA crowd would not be as familiar with him.
5: Well they're gonna be.
3: That's true. <laughs> gosh
5: darn it. He's he's a rising star and P W G already pulled the trigger on him. But uh to me it was interesting. I I mentioned this off air, I'll do that they're keeping the demonic Flamita branding in Especially considering the events of the main, that happened after the main event. So here you go. We have demonic Flamita here. He's clearly in his all black evil gimmick still. Uh, and that I think that added to the confusion because, you know, they wanted to root for him. (laughs) It's Flamita (laughs) after all. so then we had uh, Gresham and Lee Moriarty in a quick match. Well, I don't know about quick. It's PWG. Uh, <laughs> our fifth match was Aramis and Ray Orus against uh, Myron Reed and Trey Miguel. So, again, this is kind of interesting here because this is uh Aramis and uh, Myron Reed do a lot of MLW stuff. Ray Orus has done MLW, so he also could be involved in that uh in, in the, this could be setting stuff up for practice for MLW, or we could just be seeing a lot of the combination of, uh, these four people. I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see those four people in any combination, make it more tag team matches, four way matches. I don't care. Just give me lots of that. These are all, all four exciting up, up and coming stars. Uh, Myron Reed. Uh, is, is like most American performers, he's not officially branded as Lucha, but you, it's really hard to, to be an American indie performer without having some Lucha training at this point. Uh, so I was excited to see that. Uh, then, uh, real quick, they had an Orange Cassidy Evil Uno match. I mean, AEW fans can rejoice, but, uh, wasn't that, that interested in it. And then our main event, Bandito. Defeated Legends of Lucha Libre's Black Taurus for the PW, it, with the PWG World Championship on the line. So, uh, first off, that sounds like an amazing match and I need to go find footage of that right away. Uh, yeah. there's two of the, the, in my opinion, two of the big, the big indie Lucha stars right now. Uh, it, it's a little bit of cross branding for people who watch the TV product uh between you know two of the 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 better actors as far as getting lucha in the mainstream so i'm i'm excited for that as well there was a little bit of a scrum angle afterwards and demonic flamita did assist ben so, I mean, it's, uh, again, a little confusing that he's in the uh, I'm Evil gimmick while also being Bandito's friend. But, hey, you know, maybe that's because he'd rather side with uh, Bandito than uh, any of the uh, the other PWG American guys. So, who knows? But, uh, yeah, that was our – that's the Mystery Vortex in Los Angeles results. Um, Miranda had mentioned this, so I'm wondering, did you have any thoughts on the the event?
3: Uh, I was just gonna say I was fairly surprised of the lucha libre uh presence uh on this show um wasn't expecting to have as many luchadores on it, but I think it's a good surprise um and one that I think you know uh pwg has though you know had a, a, a presence of lucha libre and lucha matches before um but i feel like now mm-hmm. bringing in someone like adis who isn't as very fam- you know familiar on the west coast but is on a national product like mlw the ability to you know um you know just come out and also to see some of what we're seeing in Ring of Honor outside of Ring of Honor, if that makes sense, as, as yeah. you talk about Demonic Flamita, like that to me is very <laughs> interesting as well to see yeah. that actually outside of the company. Um, so I, I was I was happily surprised.
5: I, I I do agree that it is a nice little surprise uh, just to bring some listeners up to speed. PWG actually has a pretty tremendous history with premiering luchadors in the united states a lot of of taurus's first u.s match i believe was in pwg uh they they seem to be willing to gamble it's usually people that are based out of the north so that they can drive across the border rather than fly but uh uh you know yeah it's uh they do have they do have that history it is it's not always as deep in the card as this. It's you know a lot of the time it was just Bandito and Flamita or just Black Tarus on a card, and you'd see more matches like that Orange Cassidy Evil Uno match. So having so many lucha matches in here is, yeah, to your point, really really deep. But they, this is a company. If you are a fan of Lucha Libre, this is a company to keep your eye on. They, uh, you know, they featured Matt Cross, Tarus uh many many up and coming lucha athletes uh usually stop through PWG on their way to, to bigger and uh more prominent things i shouldn't say bigger more prominent things pwg is mega popular and uh um cool uh we did have some uh some IWRG uh I, again there's so much IWRG that i just went with the i think what the most interesting main event match that i saw which was um, El El Macias and Hijo de la Spectro against Hijo de Duck Wagner and Tyson Maddox. And Macias and Hijo de la Spectro came out on top on that. And again, this is interesting for those of us that play the Who's That Pokemon game because they're using the Macias gimmick instead of of uh he, the millions of names his wrestlers had including Limo Mil- Muertes uh so uh i just found found that to be uh, i mean it makes sense to me because he's probably the most famous in that region of mexico as Macias. he had some pretty legendary feuds in triple a under that name but i i in, in addition to this sounding like an awesome brawling match which i mean you've got Three big guys. I think Tyson Maddox isn't that small either. Uh And lots, lots of brawling in there. You, uh, it was interesting to see that it was Macias' name. So that was our quick little IWRG update. Uh, I should mention that, that this IWRG events are all on uh, Lucha Central, as is full co- coverage of the PWG Mystery Vortex was uh, uh, also up on Lucha Central. So if you want to read more about this instead of this quick overview I'm doing, please go over there and visit them. And something that's not on Lucha Central, but we've talked about here on this show, GCW, who submitted early on that they wanted a little more coverage in the Indie Roundup, put some matches up from earlier in this year at an event they called uh, Lucha Fest. They had Christy James. Uh, I believe that is Legends of Lucha Libre star Christy James with her amazing socks. And, um, she was going for the OVW women's championship against Holly Hood. And they also had a match with Super Crazy on there. So that's on, uh, GCW's YouTube page this, uh, this last week do check it out it's a it's a pretty entertaining show uh the super crazy match the reason that i didn't get the other gentleman's name is it because it happened very quickly so uh get your get your uh eyes in uh, on the the product quick and and find out what's going on but uh the the title match for the for the ladies is a nice long kind of fun match so definitely check them out Um, But that is my Indie Roundup for the week. Uh, As always, I'm going to to throw this out. We still are looking for people like GCW to submit the, hey, look at us and talk about us sort of deal. So if you are a wrestler, an Indie promoter, a super fan of, of the product, please let me know or... Dusty or Miranda and we will uh, do our best to get it on the Indie Roundup and we'll talk about it as much as we possibly can
4: yeah absolutely
5: uh, once again that was the
3: Is it, hello, indie
5: hello? <laughs> yes, yes, there yes. we go
3: was yes. <laughs> uh, there was a pause in there my apologies I was gonna say, uh, next we're going to kick it to Denise Alcedo who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central
2: Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the Podcast Network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Matt Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Favi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world.
3: And as always, a big thank you to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central podcast network. Up next, well, we got a full week of AEW, including, uh, a, a match. Well, that's, I'd say years in the making, but we've seen it before and we'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> but, uh, does let us know what happened this week in AEW?
4: Yeah, well, first up on Tuesday, we had the 100th episode of Dark. Like, I, it doesn't seem possible that there's been 100 episodes of Dark, but this is like our 66th episode of the show, so I guess it all makes sense in a way. But, yeah, so, but first up, we had Jack Evans versus Pack. And Great match. I I really enjoyed this one. We had the Hardy family office, including Angelico. He's the best dancer in all of AEW. They accompanied Jack Evans to the ring. Uh, we had Lucha Bros and Alex Abrahantes accompanying Pac. And this is basically exactly what you'd hope for when you hear Jack Evans versus Pack. There was a scary moment early in the match when Evans' head kind of hit the mat and bounced back and there was a brutal falling neck breaker finish from Pack before he locked in the brutalizer and he picked up the win in just under nine minutes. This was a it was just a real banger of a match. And wow. if anything about a description or anything has piqued your interest, I highly recommend you check it out. Like it is Incredible. A great match. Next up, we had Diamante versus legit Layla Hirsch. We unfortunately saw the end of Diamante's dominant winning streak. She was unable to capitalize on that recent win against Big Swole. But this was really a true battle of the badasses. Diamante looked especially impressive, even in losing. There was involvement, like interference involvement from the bunny and Big Swole. And Layla was able to snatch the victory with the cross-arm breaker in three minutes and 28 seconds. And then we had Chaos Project versus Lucha Brothers. This is so good. I love seeing, we've mentioned it many, many times, seeing... Uh, Luther used Serpentico as a weapon. That's always fun and exciting. But this match should be filed under further evidence that the Lucha Bros are maybe the best tag team in the world. Like, so good. We had an awesome start to the match with Phoenix and Serpentico doing their thing. There was a very cool moment with Penta catching Serpentico over his head when he was on a suicide dive. Uh, but it, the momentum didn't last long for Chaos Project. Penta and Phoenix were able to hit the fear factor and pick up another win in just under five minutes. They're getting way up in the rankings now, which is exciting. You know, like they're climbing. So maybe we'll see, you know, the Penta and Phoenix Lucha Bros combo challenge the Young Bucks soon in the future. I would be excited for that. But on Dynamite, we had an appearance. From the Lucha Bros. They were interviewed without Pac. Much like the Lucha Bros travel last week, Pac's travel to the arena was canceled. And, you know, obviously based on last week, they know it was Andrade and Chalvo. And they came up and wanted to know where their thank you was for getting them a limousine last week. And so they declined again to Andrade because Death Triangle is a family. But Fuego del Sol is now, like, signed with andrade or working with andrade so you know interesting, interesting thing yeah interesting things are happening there we'll see how oh, the go ahead
5: you, you can't bury the lead on that fuego del sol signed with andrade and then
4: That's
5: <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs>
5: and then what happened dusty
4: well, he didn't want to shine any shoes, and he got his ass whooped. <laughs> it,
3: it's, you know, you got to learn to respect your, your elder yeah. that goes before you.
4: They they hired him to be the shoe shine boy. Yeah. <laughs> but the, That's why
3: you, you take every opportunity to work your way up the road. Yeah.
4: you, you got to, the, the guy at the top started at the bottom, man. Yeah. You know, like you've you got to work your way up. <laughs> the guys who do things nobody wants to do right now get to do things nobody else gets to do later
6: Dang. So, yeah
4: <laughs> and we also had, like our big Lucha News on the show, we had Juventud Guerrera versus Chris Jericho and the third of five trials of Jericho. And I so. I'm going to start with a little back history on this for those that aren't aware. Jericho and Hoovy, they had a legendary feud back in WCW Ooh. over the Cruiserweights yeah. title, the, including, but it didn't end with, it was including an appointment, match Uh cruiserweight title versus mask it's super brawl eight hoovey lost the mask and the match it was february 22nd 1998 so there is a lot of history and friction between the two of them leading up to this match and You know, I I found the match to be better than I expected, but it was still very much a Legends match that probably didn't get you excited unless you were already excited about Juventude versus Chris Jericho, or invested in it. I was invested, I was excited, but I could see where, you know, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. There was also a stipulation that Chris had to get the pin off the top rope or a top rope maneuver leading to the pin. He had to get the finish,
5: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. to
4: get the finish. And it led to a moment at the end that was really cool, where he hit the Judas effect to get the pin, but it doesn't count. And he has to go back up to the top rope and hit a second Judas effect for the pin. I loved that. Hoovy and Jericho both looked, and, and they moved like older versions of themselves, obviously. It wasn't quite the same but it was still fantastic to see them in the ring together and fantastic that they're still wrestling i mean their feud literally started 24 years ago mm-hmm. so i mean and and they
5: were feud is old enough guys. to drink
3: right now
4: yeah so,
5: so it, it it also brings up another thing here because you already mentioned they had the apuesta's match uh huuvi wrestled this mask in the mask
3: yeah uh,
5: uh, yeah, he wrestled yeah. so in the match and the mask. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I said mask twice there, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, all yeah. the time too. Uh,
3: he wrestled, but
5: in Mexico, if you, if you reach a certain point in your career, and I don't remember how many years is after having lost an apuestas match, they allow you to start wrestling in a mask again. This is kind of how, uh, you've seen other Legend performers able to come back with the mask after having famously lost it. So this is still in compliance. This is not some sort of bending of the rules for nostalgia, uh, which some people have accused AEW of doing, uh, but it is, it is a thing that he legitimately could do because like you were just talking about, the feud is old enough now that he, uh, he lost the mask enough time, um, enough time ago that he could choose to wear it uh and he's definitely a legend of lucha libre at this point
4: absolutely
5: uh, so you know just a l- little bit of uh fun factoids for you on this we'll have more on that later i'm sure
6: yep
4: yeah well he really paid a lot of attention to his gear this week too like i thought he yeah. looked fantastic did he yeah. really did yeah And also going forward, I probably won't be covering Dark at least as much. Well, they will be adding AEW Rampage to the lineup starting next week. And so, you know, depending where that is, I'll shift my coverage. But all the coverage will be at LuchaCentral.com, your place for everything Lucha Libre.
3: And, Dusty, we got some pretty big AAA news about a possible return.
4: Yes. Kane Velasquez says that he's coming back to AAA this December. And, you know, we can speculate that it's possibly for Triple Mania Regia. As you may recall, Kane is a former UFC heavyweight champion. He started wrestling professionally back in 2019. He did two matches for AAA. The highest profile match was easily a trios match where he teamed with Cody Rhodes and Psycho Clown when they defeated El Tejano Jr., Taurus and Killer Cross, who you might know as Carrion Cross now in NXT WWE. Then later that year, he signed with. Velasquez signed with WWE and he lost to Brock Lesnar in a very quick match at the Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, it was not good. And then the following month at a house show on the WWE Mexico tour, he teamed with Humberto Carrillo and they defeated the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And that was the last time we've seen him in a wrestling ring,
5: he at least was, on re- camera.
4: Yeah, yeah, on camera. And he was released from WWE in April of 2020. They stated that the reason was due to the, you know, pay cuts and everything due to the COVID 19 pandemic. But they had one of their best years ever last year. So it is what it is, I guess. But the excitement is very high for Kane Velasquez to return to the ring. I'm personally looking, really looking forward to his return to the ring. And you know it's a it's an exciting time, and it also shows that AAA has plans laid out all the way through December. There's a positive mm-hmm. inference in all of yes. this beyond just Kane showing up. They've got you know possibly storylines or at least matchups planned and ideas planned for the next six months, four to six months.
5: So you hear that WWE a yeah. major promotion has <laughs> plans for four to six months
3: hey you know they have plans they just don't tell anybody
5: <laughs> <laughs> not
3: even the wrestlers themselves yeah,
5: yeah. oh and i mean i just want a real quick touch on this because you you brought it up wwe didn't need to keep kane velasquez they already buried him there was no point yeah. in keeping him up yeah
3: and and wwe is uh. very big on the the one-off celebrity appearances or two, you know, and I think the purpose that they had with Kane was met, you know, like he did the, the, the one or two appearances, it it helped contribute to a story. And when they're kind of done with you, they're done with you.
5: Yeah. I mean, you know, the good news for him was that that meant he got to spend more time in the performance center. So he will probably be a more well-rounded wrestler when we see him uh we did when we saw him down in triple a before he was a little bit more raw lots of mm-hmm. potential and but uh you know maybe he's got a little bit more refinement on him now maybe he's uh somebody they can use in that main event picture for more than uh being a celebrity at this point
4: yeah, that would be tremendous and he's very uh, popular with the Triple A audience. Like at the Triple A mm-hmm. show, they loved Kane Velasquez. Yeah. And, and so yeah, it's it's a, a great fit. I'm super excited to see him there. And Triple Mania there, you know, it's still on track for August 14th. There's been no changes. It looks like it's going to happen come hell or high water. So, a mask. Yeah, wear your mask <laughs> <laughs> and stay tuned to wear your mask and stay tuned to luchacentral.com for all things lucha libre.
5: That we, that should be our our new tagline actually. Yeah, wear your yeah. mask and go to luchacentral.com.
4: I like it.
3: Yes. Uh, this week in NXT, we started off. Uh, with the anticipated match between Hit Row and Legado de Fantasma, uh, Ashanti, the Adonis, and Tabdala representing Legado, or representing Hit Row, and then representing Legado, we had Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. And I think at first, one, I was a little surprised that this was starting off the show and that we were going to get this prior to TakeOver. But then through this match, I realized what this was likely setting up. Um, both teams fought prior to you know the the bell ringing and then once the bell rung uh we did see top dollar and joaquin wilde in the ring with top dollar being the bigger guy kind of just throwing joaquin wilde around uh uh you know pretty effortlessly but the numbers game is always going to be a factor with Legato. uh santos escobar was outside uh and distracted the referee which allowed um uh, eventually after the attack joaquin wilde to pull uh Ashanti Adonis outside and and into the barricade. There was a series of great tags between Joaquin and Raul isolating Adonis with a series of elbows and clotheslines into the corner, Um, which again, the, the rapid tags and the numbers game always works into Legaro's favor. However... Uh, you know, uh, eventually when you have another team, especially, uh, a four person team that you're dealing with, well, uh, the odds are going to be against you. Uh, top Dalla came back into the ring and was fairly dominant again to the point where Santos realized that it was a losing fight and he pulled out, uh, got him outside of the ring and hit him with a sealed chair, causing a disqualification. After that chaos ensued. Uh, with Legado de Fantasma attacking Isaiah Swerve Scott and ripping out the grill in his mouth. Which looks painful. Uh, but then, uh, the other members of, of Hit Row were able to come back, um, and help, out, help, uh, Isaiah Square Scott out. Uh, they sent Escobar running. However, that left Joaquin and Raul in the ring to fend themselves and essentially got the beat down. Uh, so not a definitive win by any means. And this does seem to set up a match later on, whether it is a trio, you know, three on three match. Um, you know, again, this would be great for war games if, uh, if we're heading in that oh, direction. Oh, please, please. please? I mean, yeah. really. You don't. You don't have the undisputed era anymore. I mean, you do have the diamond mind. <laughs> oh that.
5: no, no, no! Keep that. Keep that thought away from my
3: I dream know, mortgage I know, match. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, just just when we think we're gonna get something that we want, you know, the <laughs> WWE think just, something different. But I would love. I mean, even the War games. Like, We have a chance. I mean, War (laughs) Games would be, what, November? It's been Mm -hmm. around or even somewhere sometime in the fall. And so if we are going to get that, you know, they could still easily run this for, you know, a few more months um, to get to that point. So we will see. But, yes, once this match ended, it was a little bit of a relief to know that they weren't going to completely blow this off on just an episode of NXT. Um, But it does, you know, leave us wondering where are we going to see it on TakeOver? Are we going to see it further down the line? And eventually, when are we going to get that one-on-one matchup between Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott for the North American Championship? Huh? Huh? When is that going to happen? Yeah. Uh, A few other interesting notes as far as vignettes. We did have a one with Zoe Stark and Io Shirai trying to do some team building. Specifically, Zoe Stark was trying to get on a, you know, compatible level with Io Shirai as they are the NXT uh, Women's Tag Team Champions. They had some sushi uh, (laughs) that Zoe Stark didn't quite like. Uh, We also had uh, a backstage interview with uh, Frankie Monet uh, and Robert Stone. Uh, There does seem to be some dissension between the group now, uh, even more than there was before. Frankie Monet is not a loser by any means necessary, and she's making that quite clear. Uh, So it's great to see her on TV, even if it isn't a vignette or an interview, because she has such a big personality that, you know, the in-ring stuff we know but what tends to get people forward a lot is how they talk on the mic.
5: Well, yeah, uh-huh. I I really like that they're doing this with her because it keeps her on TV every week. It, it puts her in a position where she's somebody they're going to think about a lot. So yeah. then then they can pull the trigger on her with Raquel later. Um, just, I mean, spoiler, Raquel's going to win against Dakota Kai. Sorry. <laughs> yes.
3: I mean she I think I think she should. We did see Dakota Kai address uh, her attack on Raquel Gonzalez this week and pretty much saying that this was part of the long game. And and we've talked about this before as Dakota I mean, Raquel Gonzalez was brought in as the enforcer for Dakota Kai. And once Raquel started to get bigger than Dakota, you know, it, it did seem that Dakota was supportive of it, but ultimately thought, Well, my turn is coming up soon, right? Right? And when it didn't she ended up making the opportunity for her. So, again, I feel like that aspect, that, that whole storyline is very interesting. It does seem to be leading up to, uh, and, you know, TakeOver. Um, and I I agree. I think that their NXT champ, Women's Championship uh, champions tend to have a little bit longer runs. Um, so I don't think, you know, it's Dakota's time yet. Uh, and I don't even know if, if when, you know, Raquel faces Frankie it would be Frankie's time yet. Uh, but I do think that setting up these stories and these competitors for Raquel is only going to make her reign that much stronger.
5: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like I say that, you know, it doesn't seem like it came out of nowhere if they put Frankie in. Next because she's been on TV every week, so people just think automatically like, Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. Let's just do
3: that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean we saw it when Mercedes Martinez came back, we saw it with Zaya Lee, uh, we saw it with Shotzi, we saw it, we saw it with Ember, you know, they they're but again, your roster now is becoming a, a little bit light, so you gotta now, you know, think in a new direction. So well, that is this week in NXT. As we keep telling you, you can find the results for NXT on luchacentral.com. So if you missed anything, stay tuned, of course, to this podcast, but you can also read the results on luchacentral.com. Uh, speaking of women's wrestling, Ring of Honor this week, we had first round matches of the women's, women's tournament. tournament. Uh- Brendan, uh, can you uh, go into at least the big, you know, Lucha Styles match that had been really advertised in the women's tournament? Uh,
5: yeah, I mean, th- so the one we talked about last week, they started the show off with that. It was Miranda Alizé and Alex Gracia, and uh, they leaned he- heavily to the Lucha background on this on commentary. Uh, they, the, uh, uh, I, <sighs> Yeah. Miranda came out in her her mask as usual the, yes. the one thing and I'm going to say that I, that I have on a note and I almost just sent this just uh in a DM at the to Chelsea uh is uh I'm tired of people in the announced position calling CML hell and AAA the indies uh, these, the, those are the biggest two promotions in Mexico. That is true. CMLL I mean, they is- are
3: technically <laughs> independent wrestling promotions. I do feel like there is a little bit of a complex here within the United States that, of, of that. So I can, I understand, I'm not necessarily defending it, but I could understand <laughs> why it was said in that way.
5: I, I understand to a degree. I just don't think that, uh, I think we need to get that out of people's heads is well. That is
3: true. Yes. Yeah. And and you made such a good point about the way the commentary really played up. Uh, you know, Miranda Alizé had worked with AAA, Alex Gracia worked with CMLL. Um, they both had that similar styles. They were, their are friends. So it was almost like, you know, a tit for tat. And you saw yeah. that in the, in the match, you know, kind of the head padding and the playfulness. Uh, mm-hmm. But also cockiness that came out, especially out of Miranda Alize in that match. Um, you know, I think it was really well structured between not only in the oh, ring, but, that, yeah. but you know, the the way that also commentary played up um, their their individual styles, but also how, yeah. how much they've worked together.
5: Yeah, and you could see a lot of of lucha in this match. You saw a lot of lucha ground game game. You saw some topes. You saw some brawling on the outside. Uh, you, I mean, if you looked at the way they executed moves, they did them lucha style, including whips, which is, uh, a thing that you really have to look close to see. But you know, they, yeah, they played this up. It's a fantastic match. Um, Miranda Alizé did get the, the nod on this one. And so she will be moving ahead in the tournament. Which means you will face the winner of the next match they showed, and this is one that i uh I thought Miranda would want to talk about, so
3: sorry, my dog was barking in the background, so I just
6: wanted to make sure. <laughs>
3: I know Sadie always has opinions uh, <laughs> uh, about this. Uh, but that was the the next match we had was Maserati versus Nicole Savoy. And I am a, a big fan of Maserati, have worked with her out here uh, on the West Coast. She's currently the FSW Future Stars of Women's Wrestling, uh, women's champion that's been held, uh, by, um, you know, people like Frankie Mona, aka Ty of Valkyrie. Previously, so it's a, and uh, Zoe Stark, formerly known as Lacey Ryan, so it has a, a nice lineage in it of itself. Um, and really, when talking about kind of the way that this was set up, uh, Maserati being a bit more of a of a badass, more of a scrapper, more of a fighter with uh, Nicole Savoy, with you know being the suplex machine, her previous uh, work and alliance with Shayna Baszler and Mercedes Martinez. And, uh, overall, I believe this match was a, a little bit faster, a little shorter uh, than the, yeah. the previous match. Yeah. And so this one, though, was all about if we were going to have Nicole, you know, put out the suplexes. Uh, but to Maserati's credit, she has one a, a picture-perfect Northern Light suplex that she does so well. She got that for the near fall. And Maserati's the type of person, when she is very frustrated and things are not going her way, she will take it out on everybody. She's going to take it out on the ref. She's going to take it out on the audience. She's going to take it out on her opponent. Um, Maserati also had a really impressive DDT for a pinfall, um, but that wasn't working, and so Uh, Nicole caught Maserati uh, Down with a TKO uh, For another near fall And eventually was able to get The suplex and bridge For the three count so Nicole Savoy did defeat Maserati And advanced to the tournament She now will be facing Miranda Alizé in the next round of This women's tournament and so I kind of had a feeling as soon as Miranda Won that we were going To see Nicole win just to You know as far as the, the face and heel dynamics a little bit more traditional mm-hmm. um compared to mm-hmm. Maserati's more kind of <laughs> mean bratty attitude. Um yeah. but that's a, it,
5: also. It was yeah. Also a styles matchup because you have this the smaller, more agile Miranda Alize against the suplex machine. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Sorry, so, I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: No, no, no. And, and I, I think that that will be very interesting to see in the next round. I believe that's coming within the next few weeks. Uh, the Nicole Savoy, Miranda Alize match.
5: We gotta finish the rest of the opening round. Uh, and then we'll come, probably come back around to that in the first week of the next round. So, um, and then we have one more match. We had, uh, uh, Roxy against sumi sakai and again uh, they played up the lucha background of roxy a little bit in this uh you had um for those who don't know roxy is a texas-based wrestler she's you can't be in texas and not have lucha it's just a rule she's worked in mission pro with under rosa so obviously she's got some really good trainers for lucha style they did mention that it's this is really less lucha focused you had uh I mean, you have Roxy, who does American style with a bit of lucha, and you had Sumi, who does uh, Japanese-focused wrestling with a bit of American style. So kind of where they met in the middle is they did a lot more American-style traditional match on this. The upset, and it does have to be called an upset in here because Sumi Sakai was the vet that has won – The women's championship multiple times, I believe, in an ROH, but definitely Mm -hmm. multiple times and and around the world and different promotions would have been easily looked at as the heavy favorite. But Roxy managed to get the win out of this Um, very, very cool matchup. Uh, If you're not super pure about needing your lucha you, this is still a fun match and you should definitely check it out all in all this is a great episode of ROH the, the women really are, are hammering home that they uh, are a, a premier division and uh, and should be treated as such
3: yeah. and Brennan I don't know if you saw the, some of the news that came out earlier today about a women's match that's going to be on night two of Glory by Honor
5: Oh, no, I did not see this week's Glory by Honor announcements. Yes, yes, this just
3: came out today. We are going to see a women's tag team match. Miranda, Alizé, and Roxy teaming up against uh, Chelsea Green and Willow. Um, That's going to be happening on night two of Honor by Glory on August 21st.
5: And, again, that is a team that Texas is seeing a lot of. They have been on a, a couple of Mission Pro cards together as a tag team. So, there is a precedent for that. They should work together well as a tag team, and that should be very interesting.
3: Yes. Yeah. So that's, I think, big news for both uh ladies as they advance into the tournament. But you're absolutely right as far as working together before and similar styles, I think, that's going to benefit them um, as they go forward with, you know, having – you, as, as far as the other members of their team having, you know, at least Chelsea, you know, more experience, um, and also difference in styles, uh, with against Green, Chelsea Green and Willow. So, um, and I think Willow did beat Alex Gracia in her debut in Ring of Honor too. So, yeah, a lot of comparable, you know, wins and losses between all four, uh, women on this, um, in this maybe,
5: match Maybe they can remind Chelsea That uh, AAA and CMLL Are not the indie circuit
3: Well if anyone is going to do that <laughs> I think Miranda <laughs> Alizé is going to may, Maybe he, he say that I also want to just reiterate I think we have talked about this before But she's absolutely going with the Lucha Batty As her moniker Yeah. Uh, so that is something too Like Very predominant within her style Her entrance and her moniker Are all mm-hmm. very tied to that
5: very proud of the Lucha background and brings that forward in every match she's doing here in the States. Uh that was R.O.H. Uh I, I am remiss in that they probably dropped more announcements about uh Glory by Honor, Nights One and Two, uh, but I did not catch them before we went live on the show. So we'll probably have a little, a few extra announcements next week about some more big matches that are coming out because ROH has a strong lucha presence in both their men's and women's divisions. So uh we, we, well, they pretty much put all of the women's division lucha presence in that one tag team match. So we might hey, see more. You we'll know,
3: see. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> better to have it together than not at all.
5: No, I, I, I and it's exciting teams, but that's ROH for this week.
3: Uh, we are just going to do another plug uh, for uh, um, the Keeping It 100 live, Keeping It 100 show, and the end that I they meet and greet happening um, in Las Vegas during SummerSlam weekend. Uh, that is going to be, uh, August 20th, 21st, 22nd, as far as, uh, mm-hmm. all of these events that are going to be happening. Uh, the Keeping It 100 live show will be on Friday, August 20th, and I believe the Andrade meet and greet is happening earlier in the afternoon on August 21st. Correct.
5: Yes. Uh, according to the Lucha Shop, the Andrade event is all sold out. Uh, uh, oh. But that does not mean you should give up hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm choosing to take that as a win for us. Uh, yes,
3: we, <laughs> we helped that, with that. You're
5: welcome. Yeah, um, but uh, that doesn't mean that they, the, you can't get in. It just means that uh, pre-ticketed events are sold out. So the, the there will still be some ways to do it. If you are in Las Vegas and you go to the Nerd Bar, there's a chance you can get in on the last chance lottery to get to get and see Andrade Uh and they have various tiers for it. If you want to get your fan made triple A championship felt signed by Andrade, that'll cost you a hundred dollars. But other than that, you know, he'll sign just about anything.
1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
5: Or, and take pictures and all of that.
3: Uh, and both events are being billed under the World Wrestling Fest event, which is a three day event. Um, and you can check that at the Nerd Bar. Um, their social media is listing it there. Um, but that includes the Keepin' 100 special, one-night uh, show by Conan, uh, of course, the Andrade meet-and-greet, Hoovey, special guest DJ, uh, as well. Just gotta keep saying that, because that's really funny. Um, and then... They've also announced some additional meet and greets, uh, such as Booker T and Charmel, uh, Medusa, Jimmy Hart, and Willie Mack. Um, all listed. There's a lot more, uh, listed on the Nerd Bar social media page. Um, but it is under the event umbrella of World Wrestling Fest. That's going to be happening August 20th, 21st, and 22nd.
5: Yeah, if you're in Las Vegas, it's probably worth your time to just buy the weekend ticket and, uh, Just pop in at the Nerd Bar when you have a free moment and see what's happening. That's what I'm doing.
3: Well, up next, we're going to go to this week in Lucha Libre history with Dusty.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information birthdays anniversaries matches of the day amazing videos and even more stuff than that like there's tons of stuff pep puts everything up there and it's all about lucha libre at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things lucha libre This week, we chose August the 8th, 1998, when Legends of Lucha Libre superstar Juventud Guerrera won the WCW Cruiserweight title for the second of three times in his career after he finally beat Chris Jericho at Road Wild 98. We touched on this feud earlier between Juve and Jericho in the AEW segment, but this would actually be the culmination of their feud. Hooey would later retain the belt at Fall Brawl 98, probably the worst WCW pay-per-view ever, but I digress. <laughs> he lost it or he well, he defended it, retained it against Silver King, then he lost it the next night to Billy Kidman on WCW Nitro. And for whatever reason, Juventud just doesn't seem to get the credit that he truly deserves for bringing Lucha to an American audience and even beyond Mm -hmm. worldwide with WCW. Along with Psychosis and Rey Mysterio, he really did help usher in this faster and more exciting style to mainstream wrestling that's still felt and still seen today. Like, you know, even guys like Seth Rollins are doing the Falcon Arrow and everything. You know, like, you would not have seen that 20-some years ago. You know, like, a whole new landscape for wrestling. He was one of the architects of that. So it's... Well,
5: yeah, this feud with Chris Jericho is a huge part of that. The whole 20-some-odd match feud that they have is huge part of the architect on that people the takeaway was chris jericho becoming famous but Hoovy was the other side of this so i'm sorry keep going
4: no yeah i mean he absolutely was i mean he you, they couldn't have done it without Hoovy, and yeah he's just so influential and uh, You know, Psychosis, I feel, doesn't really get the credit he deserves either. Mm -hmm. Rey Mysterio does to a degree because he's with WWE and he's still got that worldwide eye. But it's easy to forget how influential they were. And when you're watching this match, like I watched, ended up watching the whole pay-per-view this morning. And this match (laughs) was easily the best match of the entire show. I mean, and and there was a match between Psychosis and Rey Mysterio. And Like, if you want to see one where you're just like, eh. And and you never thought you'd say that about Psychosis versus Ray Mysterio? Check out Road Wild 98. Like, it was... I mean, it, it was what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this was easily the best match. Uh We had a quick interview earlier in the show with special ref Dean Malenko. He was his usual charismatic self and did not do anything to build excitement for the match. But he said that he'd call it down the middle. Chris Jericho was there later, said he was going to win. <laughs> the internet corner um yeah it it was it's an it's an interesting artifact of its time but the match is great this was chris jericho at it is most arrogant and, and i personally feel it is best like he he healed on the crowd on dean malenko the entire match he told the you know of course Sturgis big harley davidson told the crowd that they sucked and that he had a a Honda motorcycle it was better Than their Harleys I mean he He had a perfect he was the only one That showed up ready to really Work the crowd everybody else is like oh, Let's get out of here wrestle and go But he was yeah it really Worked the crowd and he Healed on Malenko so much That to end the match finally Malenko launched Tuvi into The air for a top row Rana On Jericho to get The win and he won the Cruiserweight championship this was the end of their feud, and it was also the end of Jericho in the Cruiserweight division. He was elevated to the main event after this, or, you know, elevated up towards the main event, started his elevation. He's still on that path. I mean, he was the inaugural AEW champion, and this was what really launched him up to that level. So, very cool artifact of its time. But, Brendan, what did you think of the match?
6: Oh,
5: man. So, yeah, I agree. This is easily one of the better matches on the card. Uh Going into it initially, and then I relived those feelings now, I was afraid that it was going to be one of those things that got sidetracked by the special referee and other fun things in there because... Uh Chris Jericho versus Dean Malenko was also magic, and it was magic that has been had been proven on the card whereas hoventude uh a lot of the time had been kind of hit or miss with uh with what they did with him uh you had you did have earlier in the feud you had that great apuestas match uh which I just wanted the, just to establish some of this history on this. my favorite part of that is that was Chris Jericho cheated to win a a to retain the title and then Chris Jericho held an interview with him because uh his Spanish was so sensational <laughs> i believe is <that's> how <laughs> he phrased it and uh so he translated everything whooby said and yet he made it sound made whooby sound weak well stay it's like whooby's offering me his mask <laughs> After he, I beat him for the title. Uh, so I just, you know, part of the, the build, like I said, it's a huge part of the building of the legend that is Jericho. Um he did go on, they, he meant, there were signs in the crowd for this, he did go on with the conspiracy theory to elevate himself into the next thing, into the next title picture. Uh, I don't remember which mid-card championship it was, but he, because he uh, kept saying he was it was conspiracy, and he was cheated against. And Malenko helped win. And this one, he was done with the cruiserweight division, and maybe he'd get a better break somewhere else. Which led to him standing out on street corners holding signs that said Jericho was screwed. Um, just
4: yeah, he was a victim of the conspiracy, man. Yeah, was, Sammy got um, that, from Jericho. <laughs>
5: But, uh, in general, this was like, like I said, this didn't, it didn't suffer from what I thought I was going to suffer from. You did have the one spot with Malenko helping him, which was building story in the future, but it was really Hoovy fighting back and, and nearly winning, uh, on several occasions on his own before, uh, Jericho got frustrated and started trying to get disqualified, which is why he was healing it up on, uh, on Malenko, so um, I I really like this. Miranda, what did you think on this one?
3: Uh, to me, my favorite spot was really the ending too. I I just thought that that execution was so good, and you could have only done it with a referee like Dean Malenko. Um, and it was a way to still put Huvie over with a move, you know, like that Arkham Rana. Um, mm-hmm. but also. You know, it just felt really good that at that point, Chris Jericho kind of just got his just desserts. Um, For me, the only uh, the other only interesting point that isn't a huge detail, but for me was something I forgot about was kind of the placement of the ring higher above the ground than the barricade and so i know there was a few times where it was almost like you were just uh i think there was one spot uh where it was i think jericho um or maybe it was hoovi it kind of almost was falling over that ledge and playing that up as something that could you know really hurt him now i think about it was jericho um but yeah and so I thought that was kind of an interesting aspect and element to it, um, because they really utilized everything around the ring, um, and in the ring to help convey this match and this story. And I was also a little surprised of how long it was, um, just because again, this was a pay-per-view and, you know, not other matches tend to get a little bit more time, but it, I think was a great amount of time, just enough where you had some slow moments and slow mm-hmm. pieces, but also you can then build and ramp back up to the point when that ending happened, it was at a such a good pace that you had that succession to the pinfall. And then, you know, I, I think that, it was something that the crowd could follow too, just at the right pace. Because again, you know, uh, road wild was out in Sturgis. So it wasn't a traditional wrestling crowd. So I think that was a very unique thing too, that Chris Jericho really leveraged is Mm -hmm. he was talking to non-wrestling fans and had to while them rile them up because you had to really do a little bit extra for them to get to, to get their attention.
5: Yeah. Yeah. You you brought up a great point that I just want to touch on real quick. The pacing was, I mean, it it feels slow by today's uh, in
6: these standards. Yes,
5: but it was it was. I thought it was a great pace, and and I would like to to have all of these indie guys notice that you can do a lot of big moves and and stuff in there. Well, having a little bit of time in between yes, the moves. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> yeah. And again, just kind of leveraging the, the area around you and playing up yeah. little things like that. Again, that yeah. difference in mm-hmm. height between the ring and the floor wasn't that big, you know, but I think the way that they played it up was fairly, you know, unique. Um, and again, I mean, we joked about this earlier, but this was 23 years ago you know 24 years ago Uh that they did this and then they did it again just this week so i know for us when we were evaluating which match to review this week it had to be this one because to see something come that full circle after so long is fairly rare Um, it's poetry yeah
4: Yeah. like it's so good
3: yeah. And the fact that in this match, yeah, he didn't have a mask and now, you know, is was able to wrestle with the mask, you know, 23 years later. So I think that too, just those nuances, knowing what we know now, it's very cool to look back and reminisce on this match and this feud to see how far that they've both come and really just look back at history as we'll look back at the match they had this week uh, as, you know, a moment in history further down the line. Well, that is, uh, this week in Lucha Libre history. As Dusty mentioned, you can find this day in Lucha Libre history at luchacentral.com as well as match of the day on luchacentral.com. But wait, there is more. Brendan, oh no. Can you let our <laughs> listeners know where they, what they, else they can find on luchacentral.com? Uh,
5: yes. I didn't actually Put up my my notes on this. I don't know how that missed that. But if you're listening to this and it's time to, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com Com, it really is time to do it. Uh, Luchacentral. Com. And yeah, this is the part where I start to fall apart here. It's the online.
4: It's <laughs> the online home for lucha libre. Yeah, there it we go. Yeah, where it, you it, can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. In Spanish. You, you find the best curated video content and original content that you will not find anywhere else. You can find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world and a place to have their voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards. And it's seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it is free. It won't it's cost free. you anything. Free, free is my free. favorite price. That's <laughs> luchacentral.com, your free and centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Wear your mask. Yeah, wear your mask. Put on your mask <laughs> and go to luchacentral.com.
5: There it is. <laughs> Thank you, you for covering that. me on that. I don't know how nope. that got. Like, north, there's a <laughs> giant blank space that says "put the commercial read here." I feel awful on
4: that. Uh,
3: it's, <laughs> the it's fun to
4: shake it, like it up that. for a
3: week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking about shaking it up, we had a very interesting pay-per-view from, uh, Impact Wrestling this past Saturday, which was their homecoming, the very first homecoming, uh, show, which featured a mixed tag, uh, team tournament to crown the Homecoming King and Queen. Uh, before we get into that, a few lucha central, lucha centric matches uh, to, that you could uh look at and some results for. Uh, the first one was Willie Mac versus Diener. This is part of a bigger feud that we've had between Willie Mac and uh, Rich Swan versus Violent by Design. Um in this match though, it was really Diener all the way. Um, even though Willie Mac started off the match with a little bit more aggression than usual, um, he had to do that because it was a numbers game with violent by design. Um, and Willie Mac did have some moments Where he was able to take control um, But Diener was able to Regroup with you know his fellow Violent by Design members uh, And heading back to the ring Getting into a better headspace um, There was some distractions By Violent by Design at ringside Which kind of helped Diener As well um, But Willie Mack always has I say think some of the best comebacks uh, In wrestling The crowd was into it Um, and of course he hits the smiley slam and his jumping leg drop um, as well as that standing moonsault for a near fall which again that standing moonsault for someone of his size and his agility is crazy however in the end eric young provided the final interference that allowed diener to score the the pinfall for the win and, you know, we may see these two teams continue to fight in order to see who's up next for the impact world tag team titles. Uh, but Willie Mack is absolutely still someone to continue to watch his, no matter who he faces. Um, he is just such an entertaining person to see. Um, and one of the better big men out there who is agile, uh, and quick, but also can, can really go with anybody. I just, I, if you, you just got to continue to watch Willie Mack, And if you haven't watched Willie Mac, you need to watch Willie Mac. Um, you know, I wish he was always in kind of more predominant storylines. But his friendship with Rich Swan is something that they've highlighted now for you know years. Uh, and I do think that they are in a good spot on the roster compared to you know some of the the challenges it is now uh, to get seen. Up next though, so, uh, really one of the, the best wrestling matches of the night. We had, uh, Josh Alexander defend the X Division Championship against Black Taurus. Um And really, Black Taurus overpowered Josh Alexander for the beginning portion of this match, knocking him down a few times. Alexander really tried to rely rely on his submission use and grappling, but I think it was just too hard because of how quick uh, Black Taurus was, plus the power that he had. I think that combination of power and speed makes Black Taurus really one of the most underrated, but also, I guess pun intended, Black Horses on the current Impact roster. Um... They, Black Taurus, again, with his agility, taking headshots, uh, and uh, to the point where Josh Alexander kind of looked knocked out a little bit. Um, and then Black Taurus ended going through the ropes and doing a spinning splash onto Josh Alexander, uh, to see such, a, when Taurus's fly, apparently should be uh, a moniker, should be a saying because Black Taurus does that very effortlessly. Um, he also did, um, a t- top rope uh, uh moon salt as well um to josh alexander but at the end of the day josh alexander was able to get the pinfall victory and remain the X division champion. So I think that though this match itself was put together very quickly, I wish there was maybe a longer rollout of it. Um One of the better entertaining matches of the night. Um, and I'm glad to see black Taurus continuing to get opportunities to work with uh, other people on the roster and really showcase. I mean, Very similar to to Willie Mack, Um, and I want to see more of that eventually. I don't know how we get to Willie Mack and Black Taurus, but I'm there for that, and that's what I hope we get. Yes.
4: Um, Yeah. Very hossy. I like that. Yeah, very
3: hossy, but also both men can fly. Agile, yeah. Both men can jump. Both men have speed. Both men, like.
5: Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Just
3: tell me. Just tell me when it's there, and and I will be there. I will pay my money for that.
5: I will throw money at somebody.
3: Throw money at somebody
5: <laughs> to make it work.
3: <laughs> um and then some notes about the Homecoming uh tournament. Uh I'm really only going to talk about a, a few matches on one side of the card that are a little bit more leaning towards lucha libre. Um one of the first matches we had was Hernandez and Alicia Edwards versus Diana Paraso and her partner Matthew Raywell. Ray Holt, uh, which is, uh, the former, oh my gosh, I forget what his WWE name was. Uh, part of the VOD villains.
4: Uh, Oh,
3: uh, Aiden English. Aiden English, yes. The former Aiden English, um, has debuted on, on Impact. And it's actually a very interesting pairing between him and Diana as Diana is the virtuosa and Matthew is still very much of that artistic actory type of role. Um, so they are a very good pairing. Uh, they won their match. Uh, Their first round match uh, against Hernandez and Alicia Edwards. Uh, Also on that same bracket side, we had Petey Williams and Jordan Grace with the great homage uh, to to uh, Scott Steiner and Big Papa Pump uh, versus Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green with Matt and Chelsea winning their match. That led to a semifinal match between Deanna Parazzo and Matthew, uh, Ray versus Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. Um, and that led to Deanna and Matthew winning, which led them to the finals against Rosemary and Crazy Steve. And, and guess who won? Deanna and Matthew. So Deanna continues her reign of just winning everything within Impact Wrestling. Um, they are now your king and queen of Impact. And that's a sign of, to show the impact is really putting their support behind Diana Prato, and that could play a very interesting role against her match uh, with Fabi Apache at Triple Mania in just a few weeks. Um, again, it is a title versus title match. So it is very possible that Deanna comes back to the Impact Zone as the AAA Reina de Reina's champion. Uh, the signs point to it just based off of her, you know, dominant performance in this tournament, dominant performance as champion. Um, and, you know, I just can't see her losing that championship at this point.
5: No, I, I agree. Like all the signs seem to be pointing to her being coming out of it. And being a double champion and just being, having a really huge presence. And honestly, uh, I think that's, that's a fine thing because impact, as we've talked about on this show, has gotten the bad end of the stick in a lot of this talent exchange. And if there's anybody that the impact's got that you can really hang the flag on in uh, in this situation, Diana Prasso is the, that person. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, this isn't necessarily Lucha-related, but going back to the tie-ins, it does make it very interesting because Deanna is scheduled to be part of the NWA Empower Women's Tournament pay-per-view. Uh, we did see Camille show up this week on AEW television, so it does look mm-hmm. like Camille is going to defend that uh, championship with, on AEW television. The winner of the Empower tournament will then go on to face Camille, um, in the second night or the the following night, um, to I think it was an NWA, forget the title, seventy three, seventy two, I forget. Uh, but that's also another area where I mean, does Diana oh. lose? It, it, how how does she not power through that empower tournament to then face Camille? Um, you know, if something does happen in that tournament, it is because it was shenanigans, something, you know, I don't see her losing clean during that empowered tournament, but also long term, you know, impact is teasing at bound for glory, you know, the forbidden door continuing to open. And so if she does win the Rena to championship at Triple Mania. Possibly a rematch at Bound for Glory or maybe, uh, you know, someone from AAA coming to challenge her at Bound for Glory. Um, that's just my wheel spinning and a way to see someone from AAA A um, on Impact. We talked about some of the teases that may be or some of mm-hmm. the rumors and speculation of other AAA A talent that may be coming back to Impact. Um, but this is really the only sure thing that we have right now at Impact in relation to AAA. A.
5: So it's funny that you were, we were talking about this. It just came, that just came across my feed. Uh, it's M- Mickey James did the announcement uh, that it's going to be Melina Perez at the, in the, that championship. So, uh, that is somewhat Lucha Jason. Melina mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, long time partner of John Morrison in the WWE is someone that has, is worth, uh, has, has spent some time with lucha lucha presence so this is definitely a a match for us to keep our eyes on Mm -hmm. and uh, in addition to all of the things that miranda just fed us about uh about the fact that it's uh you know we could see the the Triple E connections as well, so yeah, uh, uh, very exciting. Just went down the timing, apologize. Went,
3: yeah, no, no, no. Went down the rabbit hole on that one, guys. Sorry, uh, the conspiracies <laughs> and, and the fantasy yes. booking just started to to peep through. Um, wow. That's this. Week. We
5: can't help but fantasy book.
3: <laughs> yes. We love to do that. That's this week in Impact Wrestling. Up um, next, Dusty is going to share with us what we have, what to uh, look forward to, or also what to see on WWE.
4: Yeah, last Friday on SmackDown, we had Jimmy Uso with Jay at ringside versus Rey Mysterio with Dominic at ringside. And for once, Rey got to win a singles match. It was awesome. Rey Mysterio still has a lot of gas left in the tank. He was all over the place in this match. Like, there were 619s, crossbodies, there was a corkscrew plancha. It was awesome. Like, maybe it was just nostalgic because I'd watched Road Wild recently, but it really reminded me of old-school WCW Rey Mysterio in a way. Like, it just felt a little different and I really enjoyed the fire that the Usos seemed to have brought out in him for this match. Jimmy went for another Samoan drop, uh, you know, the last one didn't go so well but whatever, but Ray <laughs> was ready and he reversed it into a crucifix pin with Dominic coming from the outside to steal the Usos' trick and add some leverage to Ray's pin and they got the win. It's obvious this feud is going to continue. I'm not certain where it's going yet. I mean, maybe a match between the Usos and the Mysterios at SummerSlam. We'll see. There's also some slight alignment with John Cena, which is interesting, because news came out this week that Rey Mysterio had actually asked John Cena to kind of help coach Dominic behind the scenes, and Ray stated that the things that John Cena could teach Dominic just weren't the same things that he could teach Dominic. You know, just different stuff. He has a different perspective. He's seen a different side of the business, and so he wanted him to learn those same things and coach Dominic as much as possible. And Dominic is ready to learn, and he said, you know, it was a real receptive student. So it's it's really interesting. It a lot of the the guys, of course, Ray stepping in and asking but we we've heard this a couple of times you know with different guys showing dominic stuff or you know like in his training and whatnot so it's, it's cool that he's getting a more rounded view and and even if it is a wwe centric view i don't know that we would see dominic anywhere else for quite some time anyway so i think it's perfect fit i i'm excited to see what dominic does just a cool moment that he's You know, aligning with Cena there backstage. But the main thing, my favorite part of WWE this week by far was WWE main event. We had Angel Garza again this week. And I'm not sure why WWE still has Angel Garza on main event instead of Raw. Like, but here we are. This is his third main event appearance in a row. He's won the last two weeks. This week he faces friend of the show, Mr. Lince Dorado. And this match is exactly what we should be thinking of when we hear a WWE lucha match. Like, they both looked great. Aside from Angel's entrance, there was no weird stuff with the rose in this match, which was kind of nice. It was a really evenly paced match between them. They, I mean, they, it it could have gone either way. It looked like it could go either way the whole time. The ha- highlight for me, like the strong highlight, was Lindsay hitting the head scissors when he dove off the top rope onto Angel, who was on the floor. It was just fantastic. A great spot. Looked fantastic. I've mentioned before how much better things are now that Angel can play off the crowd. Like it gives him that extra element to kind of elevate himself above just a wrestler to being an especially fine wrestler. And Lince Dorado rises to that challenge too. He was – So good in this match, he did an incredible job of working the crowd, Angel eventually tears the pants away, throws them at Lince, he's temporarily blinded when the pants hit him in the face, and Angel gets a super kick, and then he gets the wing clipper, picks up the win, this was a really good match, like surprisingly fun, surprisingly entertaining, surprisingly good. Great. I, I cannot believe stuff this good isn't on Raw with the trash that they do put on Raw. But maybe it's too good for Raw. I, I don't know.
5: That, but I, I
3: like to believe it's too good for Raw. Yeah. I like that.
4: I was going to say,
5: uh, I would rather they be on main events so they have time to do matches like That's this. That's exactly it. Yeah.
4: yeah they got yeah. almost a 10-minute match. And so I would much rather see 10 minutes on main event than I would, you know, two and a half on Raw. Exactly. Okay. It, yeah, it's, yeah, this match is definitely worth checking out. I highly recommend it. I it's on Hulu right now. That's where I saw it. Uh, I don't know if it's on Peacock yet, but it's definitely on Hulu. And a lot of the main event matches get uploaded to YouTube within a few days as well. So you might keep an eye out there. But I highly recommend checking out this match. And you can check in at Lucha Central. Uh, put on your mask. And check in at LuchaCentral.com for all the newest updates regarding WWE anytime there's news.
3: So some interesting MLW news this week. Again, we have not had any uh, episodes of Fusion. Those are coming up a, a little bit later. However, there is some news that ends up tying into something that Brendan talked about earlier on. Um, it was reported by Wrestling Inc. earlier this week that MLW had signed a deal for a spin-off series that would focus on Azteca Underground um and they reported that it would be a weekly series um wrestling geek reported that it would be a weekly series with its own roster that would be pr- premiering uh in the fall mike johnson then put out a pw insider uh the lovely mike johnson himself uh put out it, more information i know mike johnson he's a lovely person yeah. so i put it out there yeah uh, um, i've heard
4: that before that he's super nice guy
3: he's super nice that's the truth i'm reporting it right here on the lucha central weekly podcast mike johnson yeah. great guy um and that that there is a deal that is happening, but it's with a larger streaming service. Um and that we may get a announcement later this fall with MLW going into a different direction uh with streaming. It, that did happen I think with uh, Dan uh Zinn sports where i do believe that that deal is coming to an end and so they may be streaming in a with another company soon so that makes sense but that just helps clarify as far as this report from wrestling inc about the plans of azteca underground that we had kind of speculated what was going to happen would it be its own show would it be within mlw and so right now the leading information is that it's going to be its own show, but I'm going to have Brendan then go back to something he referred to earlier that helps support this, uh, yeah. this, this, this news.
5: Uh, yeah. So that, that crash announcement that I was talking about, they officially said they're doing that show with not MLW, but, but Azteca underground. So they, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of MLW but also kind of not so it's uh and it's going to be the crash and azteca underground on that 11th show which uh also is at the same time they have uh, mlw is taping fusion in texas so you can buy tickets to that that's not this isn't some weird internet rumor i can buy tickets to that mlw fusion taping right now so uh all kinds of uh, speculation fueling with this because that uh, who's going to be producing this show in Mexico? Is it going to be the Crash? Is it going to be Azteca Underground? What's going on? Uh, they're co-branding it, so uh, they they they, they want to have a big presence, and the Crash it feels that it's going to be beneficial to have a to have the two of them meet together. Um, uh, I don't know. that. So that's the that was what I was talking about earlier. Go ahead. Uh, you've got more info on this than, than I do at this point. Miranda. Well,
3: I think if anything, again, we talked about we saw during the draft that there was specific talent that was uh, drafted to Azteca Underground or being represented by Azteca Underground. Matt Cross being one of them. Mil Muertes being one of them. Dar, um, I keep saying Dario Cueto, not his name. Uh, Cesar Duran has talked about him being an official matchmaker for MLW. And, and being the head of Azteca Underground. So it, it seems it does make sense. And then with this official, you know, uh, announcement about partnering with Crash Lucha Libre, treating it as its own entity. And maybe that's where. And also, we have Fusion Alpha, which is a new show coming up um, later this summer that's meant to set up Fusion. The teasers for that are about a war or division within MLW. So there's lots of little things adding up right now that lead me to believe that it is going to be its own thing. And MLW seems to have the resources to put on a separate show if they structure it very similar to Fusion, where, you know, maybe they tape a uh, several weeks in advance um and a different style and flavor and apparently its own roster with the ability to cross over when necessary um but also if we are lead to believe uh, led to believe about maybe some bigger plans in the pro or bigger plans in the works with finding a new streaming home they're going to need more content to produce and put together why not have a second show with Azteca Underground um, and they know that there could be some success because of, you know, if they structure it very similarly to, uh, Lucha Underground, there's already a pre-built audience and they've already focused on, you know, the, the history of MLW very closely tied to, you know, the ends of ECW and, and their underground series as well. So there's a lot of great branding that's happening with this that has just kind of hit me as well. But, um, we may be getting closer to as an Azteca underground show. Either way, we yeah. are seeing them co-branded with Crash, but I think we are getting closer to Azteca underground being on TV. Yeah,
5: that's that's the only real takeaway we can get is yeah. that we are getting closer to knowing what's going on, but man, that's created more questions than answers.
3: Dang. That yeah. uh Caesar Caesar Duran, he knows he kn- that's really his his MO. Always more questions than answers.
4: Well and it opens up a lot of interesting possibilities and kinda of questions about Conan and the crash mm-hmm. too, with his work with M.W. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a lot See? going on there. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I didn't even want to touch on that yet. But yeah, that's the <laughs> dive. Part of that, yeah. <laughs> we could we could do probably a good hour on just this one Facebook announcement because it's yeah. so <laughs> it's loaded. It's loaded.
3: Yes. And last but not least, CMLL. oh uh, yeah.
5: So, um, I mean, again, we have a lot of CML that happened. They're back in full swing with shows going on in Guadalajara and uh, the all the the arenas. The all three shows are happening on. On Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at, at Arena Mexico. But, uh, we've been, we talked about the, uh, Leyenda de Plata tournament. They gave that up for free. You didn't even have to buy the iPay-per-view. Uh, they gave up the finals of that, which was, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, Templario and Titan in the finals. Uh, T10 did come out on top on this, which, I mean, those two in the match, in a match together is always fun, even on a Tuesday in Guadalajara, if that, that ever happened. I don't, I don't know. But, um, and I, 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 okay. I just want to, for people who don't understand what I just referenced there, the Guadalajara shows tend to be more for the locals there. So a lot of the time you have the local wrestlers and with the c n l l talent, so sometimes the level of matches is is very different. Um, but uh, they they always it's always people that are very dedicated to entertaining the fans. I don't want to sound like I am I am all against Guadalajara shows, just that they are usually on a very different kind of range and scale. But, yeah, T10 and, uh, Templario, always, always good, fun match. Uh, Dusty, you've seen them a couple of times, I'm sure. Um, have you, uh?
4: Yeah, I mean, I've seen, yeah, I didn't see this match, but I've seen them against each other several times. It's, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's a nice pairing, I guess. And it makes sense for the fight. I mean, like, these are guys that work well together and kind of, Not necessarily the top of CMLL, but guys that should be or going to be the top next or whatever. So it was a nice showing. Mm -hmm. I also like, uh, Felino Jr., he had the coolest mask for me at (laughs) Leyendo de Plata. Like it was, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But his look
5: to that point, that's what Leyendo de Plata really is more about. It's usually not somebody who needs the, the, who doesn't need the rub, it's not somebody in their main event scene. It's usually somebody who's either on the low end of the main event scene or the upper end of the mid card winning it to get a little bit of momentum and a little bit of push. Um it's uh roughly equivalent to what King of the Ring used to do with, with guys. Like you want to make somebody a little bigger, a little more important. You don't want to put a belt on them, but you want to give them a big important win. And that's kind of what this was. And those are both guys, Templario and, and uh, Titan, are both in that spot where they they could, with just a little more rub, they could probably be, uh, on the top end of the card consistently. So it's it was good to see them in the the finals of it. Yes. Uh, so once again, I'm going to ask. Fans, uh, like I said, we have lots of CMLL that's available. Do you want more of this? Is this the right level of coverage? I would say less, but I'm only talking about one match and CMLL is important enough that we should be talking about at some offering every week. So just give me feedback or Miranda, if you don't want to talk to me or Dusty or, I mean, heck, you could even talk to Kevin, I guess, although that'd be weird to hear from my, from Kevin about How my coverage on the CMLL shows.
6: Yeah
4: would be a little interesting. <laughs> be
3: interesting. Well, the, the big and short of it is that we're always open to feedback, and if you just wait on for just one second, we'll let you know how you can give us that feedback. Uh, but with that, well, we've reached the end of this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to check out luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also find Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can check out the YouTube page with tons of content, including matches and interviews that you cannot find anywhere else. Um, if you are listening to this through one of your favorite podcast streaming I platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Speaker, iHeartRadio. You can subscribe, rate and review. Subscribe and get a notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five star or less rating. You know, we're open to feedback. And then you can leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show, things that you like, things that you don't like, things that we should cover, things you know that we shouldn't cover. Hey, whatever it may be, let us know. You can also do that on social media. Let's start off with Dusty. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media?
4: Yeah, I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
3: And, Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Absolutely. I am 321
5: T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321 T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook, and I'm all over the Twitters.
3: And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, But yes, let us know your feedback. Uh, Make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com. You know, all of the things that we talked about today, everything that we said, just go ahead and do it. I promise it's not going to hurt. And most of it, of all of it, is pretty free. So, you know, we try and watch out for you here at the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. So, with that. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. Where
4: are you, at?